0: Hello friends and welcome finally to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I'm sorry if have had to wait for a little while. There was a fan social on Monday to tide you over. And now finally, we can sit down and have a chat about all things at Town. I'm your host, Mark Heath. And with me, I'm very pleased to say two of the best Kings, certainly my favourite Kings. Starting, of course, with the man who was at Port Vale last night. He broke off from his half-term holiday to be there. I'm sure it, it matched all his expectations. Living the dream, Stuart Watson. Um, you drove back from Port Vale
1: this morning. How are you? I'm fine. I'm not actually on holiday, am I? I've just had a couple of days off.
0: It's half term, though, this isn't week. it? You are off for a couple of days this week. What, uh,
1: had mo- I had Monday off and I'm due to have Friday off. Other than that, yep. business as usual.
0: That's what I like to hear, unlike your work husband, Andy Warren, who, to be fair to him, did break off from his half term holiday to go to Port Vale last night. Uh, and I'm very pleased to say, after, again, lengthy contract negotiations, we've, we've secured, he's inked the contract, and I believe that today actually triggers another deal, Mike, because you hit an appearance number on the season, which means a, a huge contract uplift and a massive pay rise, which I'm sure the Carry Army will fully expect you uh, and want to see you get. Well deserved. It's the big porker, Mike of House Bacon. How are you?
2: Mm, thanks very much, Heathie. Yes, I am here, and uh, you're absolutely correct. Of course, it isn't an appearance record. I won't say the number, but obviously you are correct. And uh, financially, I am. I'm committed, and and that's a good thing. And I'm very pleased to be here because it's uh it's been it's been difficult. Been very difficult because there's been a lot of arguments and, and to and fro. But yes, delighted to be here uh, with young Mr. Watson. And uh, yes, that it's it's fantastic. Looking forward to forward to a nice little chat with you guys about all things Ipswich Town E I E I E
0: I O. Excellent. It's great to have you with us, Mike. Um, and at one point, we weren't expecting to have you with us at all for this next week or so because you, you you've been in court. I have
2: been in court. Yes, they've
0: finally been, caught up to you. <laughs> I
2: have been in court. Yes, it was. I told you that uh, that that electric scooter was never going to be good for me. Um, I thought I could. I thought five pints would be more would be more than adequate. No, it's nothing to do with that at all. Um, now a little little of jury service uh, coming up soon. So um, yes, I'm up, I'm not in court yet, and uh, no cases are actually. I'm, I'm not sitting on any cases. So don't worry, I'm not going to start rattling off uh, what's going on. Um, but yes, yes, a little jury service come my way. So um, yes, I am, but I'm here. So and and. I'm not in, I'm not in involved in anything. So, uh, looking forward to it, but, uh, yes, I, I'd, uh, I'd laugh. I'd love if Watson came up in front of me. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd absolutely. Would, you, love would
0: you immediately put the black cap on? Oh, uh, send, send him down. Don't I'll need just, to hear anything.
2: Because apparently the judge will be, they might ask you if you know anybody. Of course I'd ma- maintain, I didn't know who he was and I'd have a, <laughs> I'd obviously have a Kira McKenna mask on. So he can't see me either. Stu. And, um, so he doesn't know it's me behind the Kira McKenna mask. Um, and then I sort of reveal it at the end and say guilty.
0: As a as a published author, Mike, and no doubt yes. someone is working on your your next few novels. Does does this experience um, is like is that likely to be something you can draw on at some point?
2: Well, I think I may be able to. Uh, Heath has a very good point because I think I think the courtroom courtroom dramas are my thing. As I think if people on here have heard before, you know, I'm very much a, a Tom Cruise, you know, a Few Good Men type characters. That's me all over. So the, I'm just where I want to be. Really, this is like this is like sort of my a dream. My dream's coming true for me. You know, I I don't know. It's great. I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. Do Do you know if your head juror? Yeah, has that been decided? Well, of course I will be. I mean, I, I'm not. I hasn't been decided yet, no. But I mean, I'm bound to be, aren't I? <laughs> yes, I'm bound to. Be. <laughs> I mean, just look. I mean, it's got, it's got I've got head juror written all over me, haven't I? Foreman, head juror, uh, team maker, everything. I'm I'll, I'll getting right involved. And, uh, and
0: yeah. of course, we learnt um, a few shows ago, back in the summer, I think it was. Now that if you were to have your time again, you would be uh, an American-style lawyer uh, mm. in 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 uh, in Los Angeles or something. Bit better call Saul. Um, defending the people who can't defend themselves. That'd be very much your the, the way you see yourself, isn't it?
2: Mm, absolutely. On very big bucks as well, of course, uh Heathy, massive, huge. Huge bucks. I mean far, far bigger than you're paying me to be on here, quite frankly. But I mean, you know, I don't mind being on here It's lovely. But uh, yes, that would be uh yeah a courtroom drama a courtroom drama in in America. That's that's fantastic.
0: Excellent. Well then friends it's great to have you with us. Um uh, you mentioned drama there, Mike, which is a lovely segue into the drama at Vale Park last night. A peek behind the curtain, friends. We operated under new deadlines for the first time uh, last night, uh, which means that, well, the star deadline is 7.30. <laughs> so we've got no hope of getting anything in the star. And the Anglian deadline is 9.45, which was interesting last night because the game hadn't finished by 9.45. Um, I was very happy when it was 2-0. I thought, yeah, this is going to be a bit of a stroll. That makes things easier. And then it was 2-2. Town were top of the table for a while. Then Freddie scored. I wrote about four different intros in the space of 15 minutes. Uh, and finally, it all it all uh, it all came to fruition, and Town got the win. It was dramatic.
1: Why are you writing intros? in the the final goal of this game went in in the what fifty first minute? Yeah, you've, I was. You've, I, I, you've, you've gone was, early there with intros,
0: friend. I was writing intros at half time. That's how tight these deadlines are. Um, I was writing an old school runner, and uh, trust me, uh, they wanted to send pages when the game was still being played. So that was that was a, an entertaining conversation as well. Anyway. It all got we all we all got through it. It happened. Ipswich Town got the win in a dramatic game. Um, there's a lot to talk about, and I want to start this little segment with a very big positive, friends, and that is this.
1: I loved it. I just seen a kid who,
0: on his debut for the club, been here since he's seven years old, and I just I thought he ran himself into the ground. I thought, forget about the goal, forget about the the fantastic assist um, for Freddie. I just. Seen a kid who just absolutely rinsed everything he had of himself for the for the football club to help us get a win. So um, I loved his performance. Loved to see the, the fans giving him the the plaudits at the end, and the players doing the same when he got back to the dressing room. There we go, then Stewie. This is your the start for ten. Roy of the Rovers stuff. What a story! Cameron Humphreys' first league start scores a banger of a goal and sets up an, sets up another one as Town win three two in a back and forth thriller. Kick us off. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, delighted for him. It was that the scenes at the end reminded me of just a few weeks ago with how popular Kyle Edwards was after getting the two goals against Cambridge. And you could see how much his teammates were delighted for him and how much it meant to the supporters as well. And it was exactly the same with with Cameron Humphreys last night. We've known for a little while that Ipswich have got a a talented young player on their hands in Cameron Humphreys has never looked out of place at all when he's been parachuted in for cup games, got a little taste of league action in more difficult circumstances off, off the bench last year, but this was his first full, this was his first start in the league. And, um, yeah, once, once again, didn't look out of place at all. He, uh, yeah, goal assist, but his, his general performance I thought was, was pretty, was pretty good. Um, yeah, I think everyone will have seen the goal by now. The sweetest of, of left-footed strikes. They're always sweeter off the left foot. I don't know why that is. But um, he won't have caught many that that cleanly. Fizzed through the crowd into the bottom corner. And, and the assist was as impressive, if not more impressive, actually. If you watch when Carl Edwards receives the ball just over the halfway line, Cameron Humphries is in his own half and watch him, he sets off immediately. He sees the picture. He sees a huge gaping hole in front of him and he sets off and he sprints. And uh, on that underlap, he gets the ball and, and pulls it across for, for what proved to be the winner. So, yeah, an impressive performance from him and, and great scenes at the end with the Ipswich fans chanting his name and, and, the, and the players all sort of mob, mobbing him. It was um really nice. What that must feel like as an
0: 18-year-old boy to do that in a game... And then have fans chanting your name, your boyhood club. He's been there since seven years old. Really is kind of stuff out of a film. Something that Mike Bacon might write, in fact. And Mike Bacon, we were having a chat this morning. Um, You were saying how how much it was apt that on the week that town opened the George Burley Bar at Portman Road, how much someone like Burley would have enjoyed Cameron Humphreys coming to the fore last night.
2: Well, I did hear Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I'd just like to say how great it is. to. I went past Burley's bar, actually, um, on um, was a Monday, I think, on, on my way to court, funnily enough. And um, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It looks really nice. I mean, the, I don't know if you've seen it, actually seen it, it. You know, it's a nice picture of George up there and I fully deserved. People forget what great legend George Burley done for this football club as a mm. player and a manager. Um, but yeah, going back to what you're saying about George, George Burley, of course, his, his love of youth, Players is extraordinary. I mean, the, the ones he bought on through Ipswich Town, through Kieran and Richard Wright, James Scowcroft, the Darren Ambrose of this world, you know. Um, and I was doing a little bit of research. Will Sar- Will Sahar at, um, at Palace, he gave his debut to. Um, obviously, Lalana and Gareth Bale down at Southampton as kids. George was their manager. He would have loved to have seen Cameron Humphreys, an 18 year old, get his chance. And Look, it's Kieran McKenna who gave me a chance, not George Burley, obviously. But George would have been absolutely delighted. Kieran McKenna, fantastic, well done for him. That's what Ipswich is all about, um, and has been for years about bringing young players through. Um, in the same week that I sat and watched Flynn Downs actually play for West Ham, in um, in the cha- was it was the Champions League? Uh, no, not Champions League. In the, um, oh, in the, in the Premier League. Yeah, mate, he's playing for him in the Premier League this week. Another young Ipswich player who's, but we've got Cameron Humphreys. To ourself at the moment,
0: let's hope it keeps that way. Very yeah, much. keep him under wraps for a while. Don't wish to blow my own trumpet, boys. You know, I'm very shy in retiring, but I, I do believe I picked Cameron Humphreys as the prize package of the season. Sold that one away. I
2: don't, actually, I don't remember that, to be honest. but no, you know, it's really it's, commi-
0: it's committed to print and oh. also audio. Uh, I nailed that. Also said, of course, town will outside the top half of the table. That's looking pretty good at the moment. Um, <laughs> Stewie, Cameron Humphreys came in last night because Sam Walsh and Evans were injured. He played alongside Dominic Ball. How did Ball look in midfield?
1: Um, Solid. I thought there was a a few moments of of rust, understandably. This is his, um, I think, first league start for Ipswich as as well. He's obviously had to bide his time with with Morsi and Evans being um, so consistent and nailed on during the opening weeks of the season. But um, I thought he came in and and did really well. Um, I thought, he allowed, when we talk about what Cameron Humphreys did, I think Dominic Ball's presence allowed him to, to do that. Um If you look at um, the first goal and the third goal, Dominic Ball is heavily involved in the build-up for both of those. Really good team goals through the thirds where Dominic Ball was given given the ball, gives it back and was just involved in some nice little triangles and neat, neat bits of play. Um, what I like about him is that he, he He's very positive. When he gets the ball, he looks to play forwards. Kieran McKenna talked about him um, picking up the patterns of, of play that they work on in training and knowing who to give the ball to and when and, and finding the likes of Edwards and, and Chaplin in the little pockets off the strikers. So it's um, the reason why they went out and signed someone like Dominic Ball last season. When Morse got suspended or when Evans got injured, we talked about the Ipswich midfield Downgrading a little bit and lacking lacking something, they're just better equipped now for for nights like last night. I don't think you can underestimate Ipswich coming through that game without probably their two best performers, certainly their two most consistent performers at the start of this season. Morsi, the beating heart of this team, the captain, um, to come to come through that game with with three points in those circumstances make, makes it all the more impressive. I think.
0: I want to deal with, with positives and then negatives and then conversations around the game. So let's carry on with the positives, Stu. Cameron Humphrey's undoubtedly the big positive. Another big positive, though, certain Freddie Ledapo, often little maligned so far this season. Um, bag two last night, was in the right place at the right time. It's exactly what you you want to see from a striker. Um, what did you make of him last night?
1: Yeah, really pleased for him to get his two goals. He's, there's, there's been an increasing amount of noise, as I guess naturally there is, about a new striker that doesn't necessarily hit the ground running in mm. terms of goals. I've kind of always been in the camp that his his performances have been... I'm not going over the top. Predy Ladapo has not set the world alight since coming to Ipswich Town, but I don't think he's been as, as bad as some have made out. I think some people get a bit blinkered by goals at times. Um and he's on to six now, which has, you know, sneaked him up onto joint top goal scorer alongside Chaplin and, and Harness. But I think we forget that he's not only changing club and moved to a different town, and which comes with it a certain amount of adaptation. You know, a lot of Ipswich's players that are coming good this season went through a bit of a, a rough transitional patch themselves at the start of last season. But he's changed a whole completely new style of play. At Rotherham, he was often part of a front two. It was a lot more direct. He's come into Ipswich completely different. Um And it's probably taken him a little bit of time. And McKenna admitted that afterwards, that we've been working on him being a bit more of a team player, was the sort of intimation, how how he can sort of link up with his teammates a little bit more. Uh, Maybe he's got a bit fixated. He talked, I think when Andy interviewed him after the Portsmouth game where he talked about sleepless nights and not scoring Mm. enough goals and maybe thought a bit too much about his individual game and McKenna's pulled him to one side and gone, you're contributing to the team. It's not just about goals. It's about occupying centre-halves. It's about creating space for others. And I I think at times he has done that. So I, I was pleased for him to get the two goals last night, two good poachers finishes, just dampens a little bit of that sort of noise around oh we haven't got a 20 goal a season striker we need to go all out in January and sign another striker and and stuff like that so um yeah big night for him a little bit overshadowed I guess by the Cameron Humphreys story but um yeah yeah I'm ple- pleased for Freddie
0: the other thing you mentioned obviously changing where he lives and and new teammates new team new way of playing he also had his first kid in the summer didn't he and that's yeah. that can't be underestimated in terms of that would have certainly caused him sleepless nights, um, as, as you boys both know. Mike, where do you stand on the, on the Ladapo thing? Because it's, it's there seems to be two very firm camps. One, basically what Stu says, that he works really hard for the team it doesn't really matter if he's not scoring every single game. The other one, which is, well, he's not scoring enough goals, he's useless, we need to get someone else in January.
2: Mm, I think um, I agree with Stu, what lot like Stu was said. It takes a little time to settle in. Um, and I think Fred has taken a little time to settle in. But what I liked last night, mostly, great both his goals were just poachers' goals, weren't they? They were just both classic centre-forward goal, Gary Lineker-type goals in the six-yard box, poaching, sniffing around there. That would have given him huge confidence. I don't think there's any need to go bonkers in January, splashing money on a striker. Yeah, I mean, you could upset an apple cart here. I mean, things are going quite nicely. You know, you, you've got people coming into form. You've got someone like Freddie's. Now, that's going to give him a huge boost, those two goals. Not, not because they were didn't have to be 30-yard strikes. They were just classic poachers' goals. And... That's the sort of thing you want from your strike. He's that's juicy. He's on six now. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if he was on 12, but he's on six and he's not playing every game, he's not starting mm. every match. So he's got to that point without starting every game. Um, I think Kieran McKenna's got this balance quite nice with strikers and that, that front four we, we know all the time keeps chopping and changing. And look, it's going along nicely. I just if you suddenly bring in a oh, yeah, okay, you bring in a, a 40 million pound strike. So fantastic. That's not gonna that's not gonna happen, is it? So it's only gonna be somebody else. And if it's somebody else on the same sort of similar level, what are you going to upset things? Because things have been going OK. And for Freddie last night, as Stu said, he, he works hard for the team. He does a lot of other things as well. He hasn't set the world alight. But those two goals hmm, could be could be very crucial for kickstarting his season.
1: Great movement for the first goal, wasn't it? Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant build-up. Wonderful ball from Leif Davis, who I thought, yeah. again, had a, had a really good game. But the movement, if you watch um, Freddie in the box, is a little... Faints to go one way, then moves and gets between two centre-halves. Nice finish on the stretch. Um, Right place at the right time. Bit of fortune with the way the ball sort of ricocheted to him for for the winner. But um, he'll be feeling a lot better about himself. Whatever you say about strikers, and they all talk about contributing to the team, Mm -hmm. they pride themselves on goals. And and he'll be feeling better about that. I mean, he had a stinker off the bench against Derby in the previous game. I thought Mm -hmm. he came on and looked looked way off it, like um, he was a not happy having not started the game. And you, you met Freddie in, in pre-season, Mark, when you were doing the third third kit launch. And he's, he's a very smiley, happy, positive character when, when you meet him, um, by all accounts. But I, I wonder if he's a bit of a, you know, he's a, an emotional character listening to some of his quotes. And he, he might be a little bit up and down with, with how things go. And I think Kieran McKenna is going to be a really good, calming influence on him that allows him to kind of just keep, keep a bit of perspective at times i I noticed that kieran kieran went and gave him a big big arm around the shoulder after the game last night and um in his post-match interview there was a lot of questions about cameron Humphreys, understandably and no one really asked him about freddie Ladapo. it was it was only sort of when he got to the latter stages of he'd done various interviews with the club with with the radio and then it was only when sort of i came along i said Big night for Freddie as well, wasn't it? Let, let let's not forget he's got a couple of goals and he sort of has an appreciative smile and nod there as if to say, yeah, it was a big night for Freddie actually. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm pleased for him and I'm 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 kind of he's a, he's one that I'm sort of willing willing to do well. Mm. Two big positives then: Humphreys, the Dapo.
0: You mentioned Davis as well, Estu. Is there any other positives you want to highlight before we move on to a chat around maybe the
1: things that that weren't quite so good? Um, who else do we need to talk about? I thought Edwards, again, was 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 quite lively and, and direct and, and did some nice things. And Davis started the game a little bit troubled. A lot of Port Vale's threat came down the right-hand side and a lot of crosses came into the box from there. But um, he grew and grew into the game. And, um, yeah, he looks looks looking a real player, isn't he, Leif Davis? Just a real moment of quality with the, with the assist for the first goal. He had a, a hand in... In the second, in the well, it was his corner for the second. Was involved in the build-up play. I think for the third as well. So, yeah, have have to give him a mention. But um, no, I think I think we've covered a lot of the positives there. I think my ultimate reflection on last night is I wouldn't say again it was a vintage Ipswich Town performance, but in the circumstances of going to a Port Vale team who I thought were, were really impressive. Actually, I've got a lot of credit for Port Vale. Um, for the way they played. They didn't, you know, this wasn't an anti-football team. They looked to 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 mix it with Ipswich Town. They made it a really competitive game from the first to the last minute. Thought they were quite unfortunate to go 2-0 2, two nil down. I thought they'd started the better side. Um competed. Ellis Harrison, uh, former Ipswich player was a real handful up, up front. Um so for Ipswich to kind of come come through that test, this is another really good good tests that they've come through with, with players missing away from home, pitch wasn't the best. Um these are sort of the these are the sort of games that you look back on come sort of April, May as, as being really, really important ones that you you come through.
0: Yeah, that's a positive in itself, isn't it, Mike? We mm. a lot of people who watch the game day after the game, uh and, and particularly after games like this. The same thing is said by quite a few fans, which is we wouldn't have won that last season. We'd have lost it or drawn it. Um, And town going 2-0 up and then being pegged back to 2-2. In previous seasons, they may have fallen apart at that point. They weren't the most resilient. And yet we've seen they can win games in a variety of different ways so far this season. Just even contrasting the derby win and last night in the last few days, two very different types of games, very different types of wins. And that's hugely positive, isn't it? To to be able to have that in in your locker, that you can win games any different number of ways.
2: Yeah, I, I, absolutely, and I, I think it's it's very easy to you can easily lose points and, and lose games to, to teams you shouldn't be losing to, and that's what I mean. What town now won at Morecambe? They've won at Forest Green. They've won at Burton. They've won at Port Vale. These are the these are the games they've been slipping up badly in over the last two or three years. And there's the, to me losing at Plymouth is a is a, is a is a huge disappointment. But it's not to me. It's even not the end of the world. You start dropping points at the likes of Port Vale and at Morecambe and at Forest Green. These are points you don't get back. These are points mm. you don't get back because you'd be expected to beat them at home. Didn't so, beat a yeah, single right.
1: one of the promoted teams last season, did they? In eight in yeah. eight attempts. Didn't win no. a single one of them. And as you say, they've, they've done that. You know, Forest Green, Port Vale. I don't know if I can't remember if there's anyone else on that list from last season who came up. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, I think, and I think the thing is also, as you say, you've got... I mean, Derby, I quite enjoyed the Derby game. I thought Town played
2: quite well against Derby. a sort of a mixed sort of reaction to that game. I thought that was a good performance, a decent Derby side. I mean, I know Derby haven't really set the world alight yet with Paul Warren, but you watch the second half of their season, I bet they do, and that's going to be a good result for us. And so I think overall, yeah, I mean, there are different ways to win. The Cambridge match, you know, pummeling Cambridge for so long before you eventually getting that breakthrough. You know, then obviously last night at Port Vale, getting back to 2-2 after being, you know, after being 2-0 up, but still coming through again. I must admit, when it got to 2-2, two, two, I don't know how many people were sitting there thinking, oh, oh dear, oh well, well, never mind. You know, it happened at Sheffield Wednesday, but Sheffield Wednesday, a little bit of a bigger side than Port Vale, but that happened last night, but they didn't, did it? At the end of the day, it didn't, and it's just finding ways to win matches this season, which which they've, they've struggled, yeah, they have. They've struggled at times to win some of these games. They've drawn them, but they've struggled to win them. You think of Cheltenham away, Cambridge away last season. You know, Um just, just that's just two off the top of my head, and so very positive. I think it's terrific to win at Port Vale. It's not, not the easiest place to go on a, on a on a Tuesday night, I would have thought. Not that I went, so it didn't really worry me, but I mean, that's do it. And um, I'll still come out of courtroom, so um, no, I wasn't right, um, but no, so um, yeah, terrific, very pleased, very good three points that uh, following on from the derby match, which mm. I thought was excellent as well. Six points out of six, there, top stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously loads of positives. They got the win, um, where they are in the league. The gap now down to seventh is 14 points, it's six to third. I mean, these are these are these are really good things to see. Um, but see, we, we can't talk about the game last night without talking about some negatives. And we've we've spoken in recent pods about the fact that town have started conceding goals. Um, and last night, the goals they conceded were pretty poor. Um, so both you and Hutch have said separately that you you weren't really concerned um, about conceding goals and defensive and that kind of thing but how, how do you feel last night after last night
1: um a <clears throat> bit more relaxed about it this morning having weirdly having kind of reflected on it and watched the goals back than i was last night that the first goal in particular was was really poor it was a catalogue of of errors um just just people not winning challenges not winning headers and then that you could break that down all the way through i think burns Burns misses, uh, doesn't win a first header. Danassian isn't quick enough out to stop the cross. Davis, in particular, is flat-footed at the back post when the guy comes in to win the back post header. Then Ball and Wolfenden sort of both misjudged the flight of the ball. And then I thought Burns should have done more to block it. He kind of got himself there but turned his back. It was a bit of a flaky attempt at a block. Um, so all in all, that that was a pretty poor goal to concede. Um the second one you can you can talk about it's a immediately my thoughts was mm, a bit slack from wolfenden again Ipswich sort of getting caught playing out of the back but then having watched back goals one and three that Ipswich scored come from playing out the back come from defenders lending it to a midfielder getting it back creating angles of, of attack um so you kind of maybe have to uh, accept a bit of the rough with the smooth on on that one um. On that occasion, they got themselves in a bit of a muddle, conceded a corner, um, and then probably didn't defend it that well. Um, ball goes to try and win the near post header, maybe wasn't his to go and win, uh, and then it's actually I've talked to praise a lot, to, a lot of praise towards Freddie Ladapo in this so far, but he he loses his man there. He doesn't he doesn't show the desire to go with his runner, the guy who scores Nathan Smith, so. Yes, they'll be they'll be quick to um to pick the bones out of that one. I think um, Ipswich Town, um, but still not still not too worried about that. I still maintain that the the, the goals conceded in the previous two games, Morecambe and, and Lincoln, were kind of freakish freakish goals. Um, I don't think there's any kind of structural. Issues there from a defensive point of view. If you look at the McKenna era as a whole, it's still a ridiculous number of clean sheets. It's still mm. a ridiculously low number of chances conceded per game. Um, Walton is quiet for long spells in matches. And Not to say it needs to be completely brushed under the carpet, but it's not ringing any major alarm bells still for me at this stage.
0: Is there an argument? And one of the questions we've had, we're going to do mailbag in a minute, but we might as well do this now from from our old friend Bono. So, is there an argument? to start talking about Richard Keogh being involved from the start. You, you've, you've spoken in glowing terms about Keogh already this season, Stu. Wolfenden has the kind of tendency to be a bit lackadaisical sometimes. We, we've seen elements of that. Um, and Edmonton has been up and down. Is there any argument that, that Keogh could maybe come in and bring some, some leadership, some experience, and some kind of more stability to that back line?
1: Maybe, yeah. Uh, again, last night. You look at Richard Keogh and the post-match celebrations. He was enjoying it as much as anybody there, <laughs> and I mean that's the the strength, the biggest strength of this Ipswich Town team at the moment is is their unity, is their togetherness. You can just feel that this is a special group that's really bonded. Um, and even the players that are out of the team are loving it. If you looked at the celebrations. Westburn's Burns celebrations when he scored against Derby who was the first person there to to scoop him up was Connor Chaplin you know who could have been really down in the dumps that he wasn't selected for for a big game against Derby on Sky Friday night but it, you know they genuinely are rooting for each other whether they're in and out of the team so to answer your question about Keo, I thought they might last night might be the sort of game that that we'd start to see sort of Keo rotated in for that. We might to start to see a bit more of a rotation of the back line in the same way we have seen the the front line for the, sort of those more tricky away games, especially with someone like Ellis Harrison who's a bit of a wily wind up merchant who, you know, puts himself about, um, they brought him on for the, for the latter stages, but, um, you know, I, Let's not focus too much on Wolfenden's weaknesses because he's got a hell of a lot of strengths as well. And um, that you know, there's plenty of times that he 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 coolly brings it out and retains possession. And Edmondson is one who can a little bit different can stride out from the back. He he was involved in sort of bringing the ball out with his feet for for one of the goals as well. Both attributes that Keo maybe isn't sort of uh, top of his forte. But um, it's just great that they've got got these options really that you know there'll there'll come a point possibly where someone is unavailable through through suspension and injury and much like Dominic Ball stepped in last night you know Richard Keough is going to be ready to hit the ground running hopefully
0: we saw the phantom return as well didn't we last night Cameron Burgess, incredible um Mike have you got any thoughts on that that's mad isn't
1: it it's crazy like 30 odd days on from having like facial reconstruction like 30 odd screws put in his face and, and in a situation where playing you're playing a competitive game of football,
0: you're being brought on essentially to head the ball mm. with, your, with your broken face. Anyway, that's remarkable. Mike, you are a little bit younger than Richard Keogh. Um, have you got any feelings around that? Do you think there's an argument that Keogh should be considered now for a starting point?
2: Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. McKenna's considering. It. I mean, I think Keo's a great signing. I think he's. Ju- I think he's an absolutely terrific sign. I when he first when he was signed, I saw. I did. I, did, I wasn't really quite sure. I thought, well, oh, yeah. But you're right, Stu. Uh, what you're saying. You're seeing his reaction after the game, he's got Cameron Humphreys round his neck, neck, giving him a pat on the head and cheering him. Keo is really taken to, to to this team, and I'm, I bet he's a massive figure in that dressing room. Absolute massive figure on the bench or start or wait, he's not starting, on the bench or wherever he is. Um, look. I like Luke Wolfenden. I think we have to remember Luke Wolfenden This time, not so long ago, was on the verge of having had enough of this football club, you know. And here he is now. I like the way he plays. It's the way McKenna wants to play out from the back. Wolford is your classic John Stones type out from the back player. And and that, and John Stones makes mistakes all at the not oh, all the yeah. time, unfair, but he makes mistakes. Uh, but if you're going to, what you see is what you get with Wolfenden. He's strong. He's getting bigger and stronger. He's tall lad. He's six foot. God knows what he's. He's a lot taller than me, even. And, I mean, you know, so he's a big, strong lad. Um, I mean, he's, he's just becoming a better and better player. And I think McKenna will stick. But I'm but not saying I wouldn't have Keown in for an odd game here or there when the time arises, because I think... But I wouldn't just chop him and change it. He, I mean, they dropped, he dropped Wolfenden for... Where was the game at? It was at Morecambe? Yeah. yeah. At Morecambe, uh, you know, so he, he missed that. But he's come straight back in. Um and as Stuart, it's Stuart's good point, Stuart, what you make there. Look at the goals. Where do they start from? That's it. We don't just hoof up the field, you know, and get a flick on and someone runs behind and taps it in. These goals start from the back and that's what McKenna wants. Just watch the Premier League sides. Watch the Manchester Cities of this world play football. And, and remember where McKenna comes from, you know, what, what? What? where he comes from, where all his football's been watched and coached. It's not from, from the goalkeeper booting up, to, to Wes Burns oh. to flick or to the to flick on. It's coming from the back, trying to get it through the midfield, through the lines, or et cetera, et cetera. And Wolfen, I think, is a huge part of that. But Keon is just great to have. It's just a good squad. I mean, it's just everybody's. I just get a feeling with this team that everyone knows where they are, right? There's no first, there's no starting 11, apart from Christian Walton, probably. But overall, I don't think there's an absolute out and out without fail. Morsey and Walton starting 11. So many people can change, chop and change. It doesn't change that much, but it changes enough. And I think everyone feels good about that. And I think that's part of the success, really.
0: Right. One more debate uh, coming out of this game, then, Stewie, and it is around that. We know that, that starting 11. Is going to change over the next few games because although sam is going to be back lee evans his running mate uh it sounds like he's going to be out for a while medial ligament damage to his knee which having had twice done my mcl i can tell you is not a, a pleasant thing to have that's all about stability in the knee um and it when you when you've got issues with that that especially with football with so much twisting and turning um it takes away from the confidence in your ability to do that so Dominic Ball and, and Cameron Humphreys came in last night. Humphreys clearly was the headline star. Ball was solid. Do you think Ball will be the man going forward, though, to, to play alongside Mors? Is he the obvious choice just because he's got that extra experience, he's got the pedigree playing in the Championship and, and he's a bit physically larger as well?
1: Yes, I think he'll definitely start. Um, on Saturday at Charlton, Kieran McKenna mm. essentially confirmed that after the game that, that this these are the moments that we signed Dominic Ball for. To be ready for that, I loved Cameron Humphreys last night. I think he's got a a huge future in the game. I I think he can go as as far as he wants. Um, But from a practicality viewpoint, Dominic Ball has been a championship regular for the last three seasons. I think, um, you know, we we shouldn't suddenly overlook that. Um, Yes. I can see why it, it always feels a bit harsh on on the the, the young lad. Is always the easy option. Uh, there's always a feeling that it's easy, it's an easy option when when you've got 19 players to pick for your squad. I will leave Cameron Humphreys as the 19th man. When it's oh someone needs to drop out the team now, it will be Cameron Humphreys because that's the easy option. But he is still learning, and I think he knows he knows that as well. He's someone that's got a desire to learn and want to be better. Um, the reason he's so sort popular with McKenna and the players is that he's a, he's a humble young man. That he's not got, he's had a little bit of early hype in, in his career. He's had someone like Kieran Dyer calling him the second best midfielder at the club. Some will have got well carried away with that and, and forgotten what's got them to this point. From from everything we hear, Cameron Humphreys won't won't be one of those. Um, <clears throat> pushed himself right into the picture now but I don't suddenly think he's going to start sort of playing week in week out he's a different probably type of player to the ball When Morsi will come back in um with Morsey's role now being that sort of a bit more licensed to to be box to box and break forward and um and whatnot ball might be the better insurance policy um for Sam Morsey to do that but um yeah, that's to take nothing away from Cameron Humphreys last night, but I do I do think it will be ball that will that will come in now for, for Evans over the next few weeks.
0: And the other name to throw into that mix, of course, is Panucci Kamara. Do you get any sense as to how close he is? We've seen him play in the FL Trophy. He's played for the under 21s. Is he anywhere near? Do you think he was on the bench last night, wasn't he?
1: I think that's been a bit of needs must. I think he's uh he's been brought back a lot quicker than that they would have wanted. He wasn't McKenna said he wasn't anywhere near ready for that. That trophy game at Cambridge, but it was too good an opportunity just to get a few minutes in his legs, given that was a, an essential dead rubber. Um, and then last night, the 18 players in that squad were the only 18 players at, at McKenna's disposal. I know when he talks about being fully stretched, I'm sure there'll be some other League One managers having a bit of a wry smile and getting their, their tiny violins out. But, you know, with Vincent Young joining the likes of Greg Lee, had me um and others, um Sonny Iluco, Shawnee Aluko, Old Habits Die Hard, you know, those players sort of injured. Lee Evans now, um, that they are down to sort of an eighteen. Um so yeah, Humphreys Humphreys has got a role to play, certainly in, in this match day squad, uh over the next few weeks. Maybe not, not as a regular starter, but he's he's in that eighteen now.
0: Excellent. Anything else to mention from last night? Any other notes to you? I think we've we've given that a good half hour chat and I want to get to a mailbag. You got anything else to mention? No. Excellent. Let's move on to mailbag. We know when Hutchie's here, we don't do the song because we simply can't match up. So I'm going to dive straight in with a question from Mike Bacon. This is particularly for you, I'd imagine, Mike, from Dawn Portman. He says, which is talking about Town and, and Ipswich Speedway, who actually rode on Monday night, incredibly. Um, which rider do you think would make the best footballer and vice versa, Mike? There is no one better placed on planet Earth to answer this question. So, Speedway riders are insane. The risk they take for the relative rewards is crazy. They're double hard, triple hard nails. I mean, we talk about Cameron Burgess being hard. Speedway rider broke his face. He'd get straight back on the bike and ride the next heat. Um, so, who, who would make the uh, the best rider, do you think, in the Eastridge Town Squad and vice versa? Um, racer making player in the town squad
2: okay now a lot of our ipswich town fans here listen to this because it's obviously an ipswich town podcast not an ipswich speedway podcast but um, Mm -hmm. you might you may not or you may may well have or you may not have heard of jason doyle now jason doyle is the ipswich Witches number one and former world champion he's an aussie i think he's at 35 36 and he is as hard as the hardest nail you have ever seen that you've ever picked up and tried to bang into your fence. This guy is so tough. He's I've seen him catapult over fences, shake himself down, pick himself up and win the rerun. He is as hard as nails. He would be your ultimate center half at Portman Road. I'm not saying it'd be much there'd be a lot of flair, but there wouldn't be any <laughs> strikers. <laughs> stroll past Jason Doyle. Um, I don't know how fast he is. Um, he's fast on a bike, obviously, but I don't know how fast he is actually pace-wise on, on a football pitch. But I wouldn't want to be either in a centre midfield up against him or a striker up against him at centre half. Jason Doyle, Speedway, Ipswich, which is number one. will get an Ipswich Town team easily. And for, as regards Ipswich Town, now, is there a Speedway rider among them? I'm telling you, there is. I'm is that- telling you, there's a Speedway rider right there. Right in that. Can I road. guess? Can I guess? Go,
0: go. Well, obviously you need to be quite small. You don't need to be a speedway rider. So that, although Burgess has obviously got facial fractures in, the, in his double I I can't see him doing too much on a bike. So I'm going to say Connor Chaplin. You're absolutely right. Connor yeah. Chaplin is spot on, Heathie. Connor
2: Chaplin is the ultimate speedway rider. He's 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 he's, a, he's not that not big. You know, it's no good being too big and chunky and all that. but he's a tough little character and he's got the right he's got great, he's got great, he's got great balance. He's got great balance on the football pitch. So he'll have great balance on a speedway bike. I'd love to see Connor Chaplin have a go on a spear, bike. i reckon he'd be absolutely fantastic and he'd have wonderful balance. He, he's got good reactions. You watch him playing on the pitch, he's always moving quickly. So he'd have good reactions at the speedway at the tapes, the tapes would go up. Off they go, Chaplin at the first bend.
1: Bob's your uncle. Do you know who'd be the worst? You're going to tell me. Sam Morsey, because he wouldn't be able to grip the the handlebars, would he? Just r- runs with his hands splayed. <laughs> you, you ever watched the, the Sam Morsey jazz hands when he runs? I've not, jazz but I will hands. do now. Look out for him.
0: What? This is a total digression, but I would argue that speedway riders, pound for pound, in the world of sport, are probably the toughest. Single athletes you could you could find. Is there any other contenders you can think for that, Mike? Well,
2: I've been watching Speedway a long time, and I've seen some pretty horrendous. I mean, I've seen I've seen riders like dislocate their shoulders and go in the rerun after they've been popped back in again, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I've seen some horrendous things. I mean, you do, they only bought the concussion thing in about a year, six months ago. I mean, riders would go in the in the rerun with a concussion, let alone be out for be out for a week. Um, there aren't many sports tougher than speed because. the the bikes have no brakes and the and the the crashes are just phenomenal and you know the only thing
0: the only thing i've seen that's more mental than speedway is speedway on ice (laughs) they've gone they've gone let's take this this sport which is incredibly dangerous as it is no brakes on the bikes riding into big walls at speed let's put that on ice have you, seen, have, you seen, have, you, have you seen
2: the spikes? Have you seen the spikes in yeah. the wheels? The yeah. spikes are
0: about two inches long in the yeah. wheels. So
2: if they come off, they then go spiking and into the, each other. But
0: yeah. It's, but it's ab- absolutely yeah. mental. Absolutely mental. And they deserve every single penny they get paid, those those Speedway boys. Right then. Um, question for you, Stu, from friend of the show number one, DJ Dowell Jones in Jacksonville. You just returned. He says, it's a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. The classic football cliché as daunting as advertised.
1: Um, I think somebody has already replied to Daryl to say, actually, I think you'll find it's Burslem, um, which is correct. Um, there was an element of sort of Stoke, Tony Pulis Stoke about Port Val direct at times. Um, don't want to sort of... Um, be too disingenuous to their performance because I, th- I thought they were they were good and competitive and tried to take the game but yeah there was an element of some a few long throws into the box and a bit of direct play and Ellis Harrison putting himself up up front a little bit so yeah that is probably the equivalent of Ipswich uh, coming through their cold tuesday night in in Stoke test in current day league 1 terms and of no. course
2: and of course two teams with two of the biggest um, pop legends planets on the planet who are their biggest supporters? Ed Sheeran versus Robbie Williams.
1: A lot of Ooh. Robbie. We had a lot of Robbie on the the PA yeah. last night.
0: Does Robbie Williams still still count as a thing? He's oh, I mean, he's yesterday's he...
1: man, isn't he?
2: Well, a little, a little bit, heath. Come on, I mean, you just like saying Elvis Presley's yesterday's man. I mean, he's still a legend, isn't he? You can't just just because, Put... he's not, not because he's not number one in the charts.
0: Put your Grammys on the table. Let's see how many Sheeran's got compared to Williams, shall we? Uh, oh, I we we'll love, we it. love, we love Ed Sheeran far more than Robbie Williams. Of course we do. But I mean, it's just,
2: <laughs> I and mean, if there was a fight, I don't know who'd win. But I mean, what I'm saying is, it's, you know, that's just that must have been it's a pop, a pop classic match up last night.
0: Excellent. I'm going to go straight to this next question because it's a perfect segue. Matty Willis wants to know if you were all in a band together, who's playing what, including Andy and Ross. So I think we I think we'd done something similar before the KOA pop band. We decided Mike, you'd definitely be the front man in yeah. your leather trousers. Um, I'd be playing a, a, a some sort of triangle because I have no musical
1: talent whatsoever and jumping around a bit like Bez. Stu, what what do you fancy? I had Mike down as the Bez character here actually, just lots lots of energy and some maracas. Mm. But I'm happy i to I, I reckon
0: I reckon Mike's probably got a much better voice than I have as well. Ross would surely be the obvious choice for a Bez character if there is one. True. Um, uh what do you fancy playing
1: stewie you we're, a, we're you... struggling here we can't all be bears um i can see andy on bass just oh, absolutely very, very cool in the background just... the ice man just yeah yeah just jamming just, just um, playing two chords over and over i'll do a bit of lead guitar i mean i'll have to learn guitar first but <laughs> that's fine
0: mike have you, have you ever been in a band you strike me as someone who might have been in a band in your misspent youth well i did yes i did i did i did spend a little time in a band phone i played the drums would you
2: believe
1: um i was actually yes yes
2: you yes, see you're, yes you're you have to be the drummer
1: out. you're the guy from the yeah. the muppets is just going, going <laughs> mental
2: not the guy not the guy from the muppets <laughs> i did use to go a bit crazy yeah because I, they weren't my drums they're my friends they're my friends drums so i used to bang them like crazy i did i i did go a bit mad i must be honest i'm not saying i was very good at it but uh it we weren't really really a band it was more sort of a Sort of a collection of sort of people making a lot of noise. We had a we had a guy who did do the maracas. He just sort of jumped around to the maracas, um, but we never recorded anything. What's the band called?
0: I'm gonna say. Did you have a name?
2: It was called the Hairy Thing Under the Carpet. It was a it was a, group. <laughs> um, it was a it was a it was a group that we've just formed. It was a yeah, just after just around that sick form.
0: Mike, incredible thinking on your feet there, because that story is complete nonsense, clearly, and you've just come up with a name (laughs) just like that. Fantastic. Fantasy world. (laughs) Yeah. Right then. uh, Where are we? Question for you.
1: Mike would do a really long solo, like an uncomfortably long drum solo. Where, like, Is he finished yet? It's like three minutes.
0: (laughs) Spotlight purely on bacon as he's just smashing the drums. Um, Kevin Quinton, Stewie, wants to know, who are the top three opposition teams that played town so far this season? So I thought Port Vale played really well last night. So obviously you'd imagine Plymouth have to be in there because yeah, they, Plymouth they were... number
1: one comfortably. Yep. Weirdly, Burton probably have been up there in terms of sort of top top tests. I would say. Um, I thought that was a game that could easily have gone gone the other way F- for were really under the cosh in the early stages of that match. Uh, just looking through the rest of the the fixtures so far. Um, Lincoln, I guess, the fact that it was the other defeat and um, for different reasons, they were just very, very difficult to break down, very organised. You look at where the wins have come from, that's six wins away from home now, which is one shy of last season's final tally, seven mm. wins away from home in the whole of last season. Sometime, I think some of the toughest games this season are going to be the home games against mm. these bottom half sides, Cambridge, mm. Lincoln, where teams come to Portman Road with no real ambition and set up to sort of um, defend and maybe nick something on the counter. I think those games might be a little bit tougher than going to somewhere than some of the, these away games where teams feel that they have they have to at least try and sort of uh, give Ipswich a bit of a game.
0: Right, let's do a few more. Dinsdale, Mike, this is one you can both answer, um, says, Davis, best signing of the summer. Um, when I rank them, I've had Marcus Harness at the top, but I routinely get these things wrong. And of course, that was after his his red hot goal scoring start. You boys, Stewie and Andy, have both been singing Davis's praises pretty consistently. Where, where would you rank him, Mike, in terms of the best signings of the summer?
2: Um, well, I must admit, I, I went to Forest Green at the start of the season. He he, he didn't really set the world alight much there, and in fact, he had quite a, quite a uh, a very almost unim- unimpressive, but very let's say it's just a, a very quiet start to his uh, life as a English mm. town player. But I tell you what, the last three or four weeks, last month, he has really come on, and you're going back to this settling in period again. You see that Stuart mentioned about Ladapo. You see, you're going back to that again. He's come from, you know, he's come from Leeds. You know, it's a a big, big move for him. All the money and stuff, uh, and he is really settling. We've been blessed with great left backs over the last, you know, what decade. And I mean, and now you're going to have Davis is going to be up there. I think he's going to be. He's you just tell his confidence, the, the runs, the moves, the the working in the, the passing inside work with people. Um, yeah, he's he's. I think he's going to be end up by the end of this season. We're going to look back at him as being the the, the
1: summer signing. He's the best signing, no doubt about it. Some engine on him as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, he's. I think it, we talked about it looking more like a back four. Than a back three, I think, but he gets up and down all day long. And I thought when when the game got a bit gritty last night, and when they were seeing that out at three two, he made a string of really vital interceptions. Um, one other thing I liked about the game last night was it was a little bit of um, game nows from Ipswich towards the latter stages. We've seen Ipswich sort of frustrated by uh, a bit of time wasting and a bit of game management and. Um, they did, you know, nothing too over the top, nothing that crossed the line for me. But they just knew how to slow the game down last night. Davis, uh, you know, didn't catch a ball that came to him when it was time for a <laughs> throw in and got heaps off of the uh, Port Vale fans and just they just they just um, they knew how to take the sting out of any late Mo- Port Vale momentum last night. I like that is that part of the Stuart Watson dark arts? Yeah, it's part it's part of the game. I think there's definitely a. There's definitely a line there that can be crossed and some certainly do take it too Mm. far. But um, yeah, sometimes it's just being a a bit smart when to slow it down. Ipswich are clearly coached to keep the ball in play as long as possible. I think sometimes they take that a bit too literal. As soon as they win a free kick, someone wants to spot it and play it. And that's not always the best option. Mm. I think they need to learn that there's times in games that you need to feel how the momentum of the game is and, and is it, is it right sometimes? I think almost robotically, it's been so well coached to grab the ball, spot it, play. And sometimes you just think, slow, slow it down a little bit. And um, I think they're, they're learning when to do that and when not to.
0: Right then, four more questions left. Two football, two non. I suggest we do football first and then finish with a bit of fun. So Stewie, Foister says, perhaps controversial this, but in my opinion, Chaplin's form has dropped off a cliff in recent in recent times. What have you made of his last six weeks or so?
1: Um, not been. He's not been as as good. I would say I'm maybe dropping off the cliff, probably pushing it a, a little bit. Um, yeah, I think both him and Harness probably have not. You know, the goals for them came in the early parts of the season. Maybe both of them haven't been as effective. Um, in recent games, maybe part of that is there isn't the same sort of. Players sort of pushing them from from behind with with Aluko injured and um, that the rotation numbers aren't aren't quite there in that position. But no, no, I think you know what you're going to get from from Connor Chaplin. He'll, his moments of quality will, will come again, and he you know he's someone that always gives every ounce of energy to, to the team. So um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got any huge concerns there with with Connor Chaplin.
0: Okay, final football related question, um, Mike. Sweet Welsh Prince, Harvey Davis, if you haven't watched game day last night, go back and watch it because the lights go out on, on Harvey and Ross as they're doing their, their game day bit. And Ross, like the pro he is, keeps rolling as they walk towards a, a better lit area and continues. Anyway, Harvey says, I think Gennoy Danassian, captain last night, is looking a little fatigued over the last few games and could do with a rest. Do you think we'll see KVY giving a run at some stage? I can't recall McKenna resting Danassian at any point in the league. That right side is looking a bit weak, weak of late.
2: Uh, I think Janoy Danassian will play if Joy Denassian feels he's fitting well to play. And I think McKenna rates him, and I think he likes him, and I think he's a strong player. I think you know, again, you're looking at characters, aren't you? Donassian's a strong character again. Is he is he is he struggling a little bit? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. He's got Wes Burns in front of him. Has Wes Burns been as good this season as he was last? Maybe not, um, up to now, but I, I, I mean, KVY is he was out injured last night, wasn't he, or ill. Um, I can't see Donassian being, I don't see any reason Danassian will suddenly just be dropped. I'd be surprised if he suddenly was. Maybe he's got, I mean, you've got the FA Cup game coming up. Maybe you might rest him for that. I mean, I don't, you know, maybe he might rest for something like that. But Danassian has been terrific for Ipswich Town this season. I, I think we forget, again, this is a guy, again, go back a few, few years, talk about character. You know mm. he really has been under the has been under a lot at Ipswich Town over over the years. You know, you go on his back catalogue at Ipswich Town is not not that great. You know, he, and he's he's worked really hard to get where he is. And I think he's done fantastically well. Um I, I think he'll be fine and I think McKenna, McKenna doesn't keep picking him because he doesn't rate him. Um I think but we
1: talked about you know maybe Keo needs to come into this defense. Maybe now Dunasion talking about com- mm. coming out um Maybe they haven't been at their their absolute best. We talked about why why Danassian's game I think has changed a little bit now with with Davis getting forward so much on the mm. left side. I think that's put the shackles a little bit more on Janoi Danassian. He had one sort of marauding run and cross last night, but in general, I think he hasn't got that same license to get up in support of Wes Burns. But what it's taken away from Ipswich's is right side has more than been made up for in terms of the extra balance they've got on on the left side. So that's just something, as we said about Luke Wolfenden, you have to take, there's, a, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You have to take the rough with the smooth and and that's part of it for me. Um, the fact that Kane, Vincent Young is injured again means there's no one there sort of ready to jump in. I'm not a big fan of rotating defences. I, I can understand keeping your High octane dynamic positions, fresh, and when you've got sort of equal quality across that front line, I don't think there's much to separate the, those forward players. I, I can understand that. I don't like messing about with partnerships in central midfield and centre backs and and your defence in general. I think that's um, you know, if if it ain't broke, and I don't think there's anything drastically broke, then then don't don't fix it.
0: High octane and dynamic describes us perfectly, Mm. Stu. Great work. Um, Right, two more questions. Amber Redmond wants to know, what would your dentists say about you? Um, I think, I suspect mine would say he's an excellent customer. (laughs) Um, I spent pretty much two months of my life at the dentist uh, about this time last year when I was getting my flash veneers installed. Uh, And also I'm a big spender. So I'd imagine I might be on the Christmas card list this year. Um, You got any thoughts, boys? Did you spend a lot of money on your teeth then uh
2: yeah is it like the sort of price of a small car yeah wow yeah <laughs> so you keep you keep grinning so I mean you're obviously happy with them I mean you know if I you know you obviously really look at you now look at you beaming I don't blame you All Right? look at you that's fantastic I, they, I do look good I must be honest now I've got a little story to tell about this as you could probably imagine I always got a little story about
0: about my you know, teeth
2: no not about your teeth about my <laughs> teeth okay enough. I've just I've, I've just been to Spain which is rather nice and while I was in Spain. I got an abscess in my tooth, would you believe? So what an extraordinary question from Amber. Yes, I did. And I had to find a Spanish dentist. Well, you try and find a Spanish dentist. But, of course, me being, you know, sort of bilingual stroke, half Spanish stroke Mexican, I, um, yeah, I found one. And, and she was lovely. Sylvia, her name was. She didn't speak a word of English, but her, her, her assistant did. Mm-hmm. And they they sorted me out with um, with some tablets, and my abscess went within within four days, which three or four days, which was fantastic. So that's what would my my dent. I, I had to actually phone my dentist in England to say should I should I be taking these tablets? What with all my other problems? So um you know that. Was, what,
0: that's the- um, <clears throat> what was the cause of the abscess, Mike? Was it too much sangria?
2: No, apparently not. Apparently, I got a little bit of steak stuck in my tooth from when I went to Morecambe, Um, um, when, um a bit of raw steak. Apparently, um, I did ask my steak to be well done, but I didn't. <laughs> I ended up with a bit of raw steak, and um, I got stuck in my tooth and caused an accident. Everyone
1: stroke. I've spoken to about that since has, has backed me up on the steak debate. And Mark, Mark, you'll you'll hundred percent be on this. Oh yeah, I've very strong yeah. views
0: on it. I don't think you should even get asked. I think it should just be served medium rare, and if yeah. you don't like it, you can leave the sorry, restaurant.
1: Sorry, you don't. Sorry, sir, you don't like <laughs> steak, so we will not yeah. serving that to you. You,
0: you can have uh, you can have some corned beef instead. <laughs> On you go. Um, so you had an abscess stew. Any, any any strong dentist stories you can bring into play? Uh, no,
1: no. I just had the usual checkup where I go in. They they read out the alphabet to you, and uh, two minutes later, you're thirty quid down or whatever it is these days. I think.
0: Uh, yeah, 70, 70 quids, mine, mate. I get in, sit in the chair, five minutes. Bong, 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 bong. Yep, great. That be seventy pounds, please. Yeah, yeah. twenty five euros in Spain. Is it excellent? It? Um, right then, two more. Well, I've actually got two more questions. I'll ask you this one very quickly, Stu. Dan wants to know: You've been close to being locked in a number of stadiums so far this season, um, notably at Cambridge, where they turn the tenor lights out on you. If the worst were to happen, is there a preferred stadium to spend your night? <laughs> Like a night of the museum sort of remix, would you? Where would you be running, scampering around? It'd have to be like the (coughs) new Wembley or new Tottenham Ground, wouldn't it? One of the big ones or not?
1: Yeah, probably in terms of pure comfort. Have we got access all areas? I think so. Yeah, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Wembley would be great, wouldn't it? And if we're talking, are we talking sort of purely to League One standards here? Well, yeah, if if, if,
0: uh, where in League One would it be? I don't know, maybe
1: maybe just Portman Road, actually. It's quite boring, but um could have a proper snoop around, find all the, the hidden rooms and
0: Yeah. Go behind the
1: route through Mark Ashton's drawers, find out some juicy gossip about contracts and things like that. Oh, That'd yes. probably be mo- most useful to the job, wouldn't it? That would be tremendous. Actually, I think we should do that.
0: Can we can we make that happen? Can you can you hide and, and, and maybe spend a the night there? Well something to be discussed, maybe not on air. Um Mike, have you got a favorite stadium? You're a man who's Covered many games, been many places, seen many things in your lengthy career, despite being so youthful. Um, Have you got a favourite stadium? It doesn't have to be football. Is there a particular favourite place you've ever been?
2: Well, one of my favourite stadiums is actually um, Cradley Heath Speedway, which was um, which was stuck out in the Black cu- the Black Country, which is in the West Midlands, of course, which, of course, uh, many, many of you, were well, it's not there anymore. Wonderful, wonderful old stadium. Fantastic. That and Hackney, Hackney Stadium. Hackney Stadium, East London, now an oldie superstore. But, I mean, in, in its day, classic, wonderful Speedway Stadium. Um, oh, love, as, um, oh, just wonderful. Football-wise, well, no, no I, I, I went to Valencia. Um, they're bigger I forgot what it's called Now the Valencia ground Mestaya um, or something Mestaya. I think it's Mastaya That's mm-hmm. a fantastic ground we not mind getting stuck in there But it's pretty big But I'm like Stu I'd like to be stuck at Portman Road Because uh, I think there's some Wonderful things go on there That we're not I mean all them lights That go on the grass After the game Stu All them heaters and stuff How long do they stay on for Do you wonder I'd just like to be there Until they're turned off I mean it must be fascinating uh, You could easily hide at Portman Road Couldn't you after a game I mean no one would find you Would they If you hit up yeah. somewhere
0: You'd be flashing yeah. up, you'd be flashing up swear words on the uh, on the advertising boards, wouldn't you? The big screen, just for fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, replace some of the artwork of just pictures of of me and Andy, just subtly, yeah. and see, <laughs> see how if long people, the, you know the the Morsian ball big cutouts right outside the opposition tunnel. Yeah. We get a couple of them. Of
0: it can't me be long. And boy. It can't time. be long before you're up there, boys. I've got to be honest. Um, final question, Callum Pritchett. I like this, Callum. Who's in terms of town? He says, Who's the teacher's pet? Who's the class clown? Who are the best mates? Who are the lads with matching school bags? And who's the naughty kid in the back corner? Who's the one always forgetting their homework? So that's about 19 different questions there, Callum. Um <clears throat> so I'll go through them one at a time. Quick fire, please. Watto, who's teacher's pet at Ipswich Town, do you reckon?
1: Uh who's in the managers it? I don't know. Any thoughts? Who's parched in Peter Crouch terms? Um
0: well, more would so imagine as captain would have to be close to, to being teacher's pet, wouldn't
1: he? Mm, I, I, yeah, you'd say skipper, but I'm not sure. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Richard Keogh, uh, we, mm, recently we've seen pre-match, you see the coaches having a little powwow and Keo's Keogh's always involved in that. I'm, I might say Richard Keogh there.
0: That's a good shout. Class Clown, I think Wolfie's the obvious leader there. Would, would you
1: agree with that? Edmondson, I think, Edmondson. Uh, yeah, between yeah. The, those two, yeah.
0: Best mates, w- w- Wes and Connor.
2: Yeah. L- Dapo and Edwards.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that would also probably cover matching school bags. Who's the naughty kid?
1: That would be Wolfenden.
0: Wolf, yeah. <laughs> and also, finally, who's the one um, always forgetting their homework, slash, not doing their homework? Wolfenden. Wolfenden. He's in <laughs> yeah. quite a few of these, to be honest. <laughs> he is, yeah yeah um right then that brings us to the end of mailbag friends i hope you enjoyed it some good ground covered both football and otherwise and the only thing we have left to cover as we approach the hour mark on this pod i hope you're enjoying it is charlton this weekend and it seems ridiculous on a wednesday afternoon they've just played last night Stu's barely got back in the door and i'm immediately going to ask him about charlton on saturday but it's the only time we're going to have a chance to chat about it we're not going to do another one of these this week probably because of half term time off etc so um I'm we're not going to go into any great depth. I can't say honestly that I've looked in any great depth at Charlton at all. But there is one obvious talking point here, which is probably the, the main one we can talk about, is just how different it feels going to Charlton this time, this season. Because the trip to Charlton last season was probably the nadir, the low point of the entire season. A very, very dark night at Charlton where obviously Town lost 2-0. They were really bad. There was disputes between fans and players. Um, big totes, of course got into it with fans. Really, really bad night on what was a pretty bad season. Um, and yet this time around, it couldn't be more different, could it, in terms of feeling?
1: Yeah, I think that was the Cameron Humphreys debut, league debut, yeah. wasn't it, for Ipswich as well. Came on quite late in that, so that shows you he's come full circle since then. Talk about sort of not being the right circumstances for him to kind of um, shine as a young lad compared to, to last night. But yeah, um, yeah that was just after Paul Cook had gone wasn't it and everything just looked so confused and muddled and I think everyone's heads had completely gone players and fans alike going in, into that game um <clears throat> when was that I'm just having a look at the date December 7th less than less than a year ago that's mad mm. isn't it? it already feels like an absolute lifetime ago um Scott Fraser another little subplot yeah. there sounds like he's yeah. starting to um to come good at Charlton Starting to provide a few goals and assists for them. Played for Ipswich in, in that reverse fixture at the Valley last season. They've just started to hit a bit of form. I don't, as I say, same as you, I haven't massively looked in, into Charlton so far. They lost 2 0 at home to MK Dons last night. Ryan Innes, their big giant centre half, got sent off. So he'll be suspended, which is um, a plus point for Ipswich. But prior to that, they'd, um, they'd won three in a row. they beat next X to 4 2 at home. Um, they beat beaten Shrewsbury one 0 away. They put three goals past someone else. I'll look that up as as we look. So, yeah, maybe some 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 signs that they'll um, they might get them Portsmouth. They beat three 0 So that's obviously a big a big mm. result. So, um, yeah, in, interesting game. I'm uh, being interested to do a bit more of a deep dive into Charlton over the next couple of days and see what's in in store for Ipswich.
0: Scott Fraser narrative. I like it,
1: um, Mike.
0: If if someone had said to you after that game last year, that in less than a year, Town will be going to Charlton. Second in the league, 14-point gap to seventh place and with an entirely different feeling. Would you have Would you have believed them?
2: Uh, no, of course you wouldn't. I mean, it's been extraordinary, hasn't it? I mean, what, what a turnaround, as Stu said, in less than a year. I mean, I think I went to the game the year before. I think they drew nil-nil when Cook was there. So that seems a lifetime away now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been an extraordinary turnaround. Uh, the feel-good factors, what it's all been about, but not only that, they've actually got results on the pitch now, and they're getting them consistently. Is look that the fans and the team are all in tune. I mean, this is this is part of it. Their celebration at the end, even if the town lose, that even they lost, lost to Lincoln, you know, all that, or dropped two points at, at Sheffield Wednesday, fans are still appreciating hugely what's going on at Portman Road, and that's that's all they ever want. And you know, they want to know they've got a, a group of people. A, a team of people who are given it the hundred percent, which they are. Um, yes, extraordinary turnaround, isn't it? Going to be a tough game, Saturday, mind you. Um, mm. never like going to a team who've just lost 2-0 to I think MK must have been bottom or second bottom. So they're gonna be uh, although I think Stu's right in us being suspended if he is suspended, which I assume he will be. Mm. That'll be a big loss for them because he's, he's a he's a key player for them. Um, but yeah, what a fantastic turnaround inside a year. Incredible, mm. wonderful.
1: Charlton away is always fun as well. A sheer number of Ipswich fans that, that mm-hmm. go to that game as as well, just down, down the road. Um, always sort of evokes memories of the Noel Hunt late winner in the mm-hmm. in the playoff season of 14-15. Um, really, really looking forward to that. Every Ipswich game now feels like it means something, like it's an occasion, home or away. 1700 again there at Port Vale last night, um, which is... Which is fantastic. We we keep saying it, um, and yeah, we, you know, win win, lose or draw. There'll there'll be more drop points along the way, but I th- you know, we called it very early on. They they look pretty nailed on for top six now, don't they? And it's just yeah. a case of whether they can sustain this this top two push and um, just enjoy the journey because this this is a this is a team, this is a group to to be proud of that people are feel connected to that that people feel proud to support at the moment. And these, um, you know, these sort of moments in time don't, don't come along too often. So hopefully people are just sort of enjoying it. I know there's been a few sort of questions about, oh, so-and-so's form has dropped. And uh, some of the wins haven't been that convincing at the moment. Don't, don't get yourself sort of too caught up on, on some of the, some of, you know, picking too many negatives out of this at the moment. It's never going to be perfect, but, so much of this is, is good on and off the pitch at the moment. So I think we should, we should try and enjoy it as much as we can.
0: It's a real shame. I have to actually say anything after that, Stu, um, because that would have been the perfect way to, to end the show. A nice little soliloquy from, from Stewie Watson. Um, Friends, is there anything else to mention? We've done just over an hour, which is pretty much spot on for a podcast. It's been excellent to have Mike Bacon with us, Uh, a rare cameo appearance. Clearly he's, he's by far the highest paid. So we have to limit his appearances. Um, anything else to mention, boys?
2: No, 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 thank you much, Heath. As I said, it's, it's been nice to be, to be back here. And As I said, Stu's absolutely right, British fans enjoy, enjoy this ride because uh, as somebody who's been following town for a long time, these seasons don't come around very often and this has potentially, and it's still only potentially, of course, Got the opportunity to be one of those seasons that hopefully you might be talking about in 10 years' time when you say, Do you remember that year when that town went up and we we're on the cornhill and Kieran McKenna was throwing the, he dropped the uh, League One trophy on top of the mayor's head and things like, all these sort of funny things that might happen in the years to come. I'm lucky to have seen quite a few of them already, or the, the, the few that have taken place. So let's hope, let's hope come May we're doing it again.
0: Ed Sheeran played his guitar on top of Portman Road on the roof yes. as we all, as, as town won the league by 25 points. Fantastic. Yes. Then did, a gig, um, then did a gig
2: on Fleetwood Sands on the last day of the season. <laughs> fantastic.
0: These things may happen. Right then, friends, um, that's been this week's podcast. As I say, I don't think we're going to be back with you uh, in the flagship mode anyway uh, this week. There'll be another fan social tomorrow night to uh, keep you up to speed and also look ahead to the Charlton game. Uh, please remember to support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery All the excellent are there. Mike, I'm sure in your absence from the show, you've been manscaping every day.
2: Uh, I did a little bit this morning, funnily enough. I won't tell you where.
0: (laughs) Excellent. That leaves a little mental image there for for leave the listeners with and the viewers. Uh, And also support us across all our social media, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, It's Wednesday afternoon. We're going to start building up now to Charlton. The boys will be there this weekend. Enjoy the game if you're going. Have a great weekend. Follow it with us if you're not. And we will speak to you again next bloody ruddy time. Have a good one, everyone
2: crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from
0: Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.